Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, Talking Terror fans nationwide and worldwide. Once again, we're back with an all-new episode of Talking Terror. We've jingled the bells, we've decked the halls. Now we're back with our post-Christmas episode, which is also a very special episode, all of its own, because it is the Ghoul Geek Keith's birthday. So we're going to be uh, having a little bit of coke, a little bit of exotic drugs, some shippers, Kiki Kelly and the Sexy Stud might stop by, Morris Day and the Time might stop by for a performance. We don't know. It's a packed show. But we also have a film to discuss. The Ghoul Geek decided to go with Orca from 1977. It's a killer whale movie, but we're going to talk about that. But first and foremost, the birthday boy is here, Ghoul Geek Geese. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, hello, 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 everybody. I am indeed back. back. I am here. Welcome. After a week-long absence, you are back. It is your birthday. How have you been since we last spoke? I am fine. I've survived the holidays and Christmas and, and all the fun that comes with that. And, uh, yeah, I even survived part of Krampus. Uh, unfortunately, I was not here last week to give my, uh, my, my, my opinions on that. I also never got a chance to finish it. Um, you know, I, I, I think from what I've heard, I kind of stopped it just before the movie gets quote-unquote good. So it is one that I own, so I will get around to watching it. I just have not done so yet. I'd say you dodged a bullet, but that's me. I think by stopping it early, you dodged one. <laughs> Don't feel the need to go back. Uh, very quickly to that movie. You just have to listen to what we com- talk about. I'm a completionist. I got to finish it. Okay. You know, I, I want to see the well, end. I own it. So I got I got to do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the same way. I got to power through it. Uh, but talking about powering through things, we also have the Mad Monkey back with us, fresh out of tapioca, banging on the cage. Come on, Monkey, say hello. Power bottom himself. Hey there, bulls and ghouls. It's your furry little horror host, the Mad Monkey. And I'm going to skip all the other shit and just go straight to it. It is the ghoul's birthday. We're going to have a kinky, raunchy, all-out sex fest going on. I brought some special tapioca frosted cupcakes (laughs) for the occasion. And I'm ready to go. Awesome, awesome. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we are fresh off of Christmas as well, so... Boys, what did you get for Christmas? What was the haul this year? Did you get anything cool? Did you get anything horror-related? What was in underneath the tree? Monkey, what'd you get, man? Um, I'm, well, I'm, I'm bowing out of this because, actually, I'm waiting until our son comes up this weekend, and that's when we're oh, actually okay. going to be exchanging presents. Other than that, we went up to Jersey to go hang out with um, the Divas Jersey family <laughs> up, up in the Highbridge area. It was a, always a good time. Sure. <laughs> hanging out, spending, spending time with family and friends, uh, drinking till 3, only to wake up at 6 o'clock the next morning. It's to drive back to Pennsylvania. It's awesome. <laughs> but what, Jeez, I do not miss. Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. What was underneath the tree for you? 
I got all kinds of cool stuff, man. Uh, little things, big things, fun things. I think for me, the uh, the big thing that was definitely the most exciting gift for me this year was the uh, I got a Thor's hammer that is actually a tool set inside of it. So, you know, the it, it's the hammer itself, the handle of the hammer, the whole nine. It is Molnir, but when you open it up, you know, that very same handle is actually a real hammer and inside are all kinds of uh screwdriver bits and, and small little uh small little tools that, you know, I can use around the house, even use at work. You know, I don't want to beat it up too bad because it is a uh it is a nice little piece. That is badass. Uh, I know you shared I, some of the pictures on Facebook, and they look great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw the picture of it, man. That thing looks awesome, man. That that is like the 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 coolest, like manliest nerd gift you could give is like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Thor's hammer that you can actually use to actually fix shit. It is so cool. Yeah, the ghoul girl definitely. Uh, she definitely did me right this year, man. You know, it's uh, like I said, it, I I couldn't have been more thrilled. You know, the second I I opened the wrapping paper and there was this gigantic box. I open the box and there is, you know, Molnir just sitting there, you know, like, and I totally geeked out, you know, it was one of those where I had to like, you know, get my hand down there and really grasp it. You know, I have to add my own little touches to it. You know, I want to get a little leather strap and kind of wrap it around there so that I can actually have it around my wrist, you know, and that's just me going full on geek, you know. Perfectly. Awesome stuff. Glad that you got that and, you know, had a good Christmas. You know, I know that the monkey said he is going to be opening up his gifts this weekend, so maybe next week he can inform us of, of what he had, uh, especially with the doc, too, I know, because he got a bunch of presents. So, uh, for me, uh, I went to my parents on Christmas Eve, and they gave me my presents. Uh, my aunt sent me a package of nothing but Becky Lynch stuff, so I got a brand-new awesome. coffee mug. I got a Becky Lynch Christmas <laughs> ornament, a Becky Lynch uh, card you know, so I got a bunch of Becky Lynch stuff from my aunt because she knows how much I love that last kicker. And my parents bought me a book called Serial Killers and Psychopaths, True Crimes That Shook the World, going all the way back to the 14th century. So my oh, parents please. know me well. Nice. So, <laughs> they know me and my true crime obsession. Uh, my lady Jess came over uh, Christmas Day, and we exchanged gifts and pleasantries. Uh, she got me a very, very cool bronze Baphomet statue. And it is impressive to look at. So I know the monkey's going to be excited to check that out when he comes by to visit. Um, oh, really heavy, sacrifice. you know. <laughs> it looks amazing on my shelf. Um, and she got me a copy of uh, Angus on DVD. And Angus is a movie from the 90s that I obsessed over when I was a kid. Because it was about a fat kid getting a hot chick, you know. Always worked out for the fat kid in that movie. So I was definitely loving that movie when I was a kid. Um, and she actually made me a present, which I was really kind of happy with. Uh, it's a framed photo of a bunch of quarters on a carpet with the words, I don't have to explain my art to you. And anybody that knows the movie Empire Records will get that reference because that's my favorite line from that movie. And it looks beautiful, real quarters, real picture of the carpet, and the words, uh, the quote. So perfect, and it's right above my doorway when you walk in so everybody can check it out. So I, I did awesome. pretty well this Christmas. It was a very thoughtful gift and, and perfect uh, for me because I'm such an Empire Records fan. So it seems like we all had a good haul this year, which is great. You know, very cool. Um, yeah, I got, an, I got an Alexa Bliss mug. And then, you know, for the holidays as well, we, uh, we all dressed in WWE-themed 
ugly Christmas sweaters. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the little monster got to be, got to be Alexa bliss. Uh, the Mima got to be Ric Flair. She had definitely the coolest of all the shirts. You know, the Ric Flair one had lights on it, all kinds of crazy things. Um, the cool girl got, uh, you know, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And I got to have, uh, did I have? I forget. <laughs> wow. I'm telling you, man, that's how wiped I am from the uh, the entire week. It's uh, the holidays are killing me. I'm totally drunk. Oh, I got an NWO shirt, you know, Wolfpack style. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things I'd actually brought up on Facebook uh, Messenger with you guys, um, and I texted the ghoul about this, um, the monkey, when he came over last week, he brought me a special Christmas present, which was a good guy's doll, a little Chucky, you know, just for my shelf. Comes in the good guy packaging. Looks fucking awesome. I have it out of the package right now, holding the knife from the first one. Um, but I decided to go back and revisit Child's Play. And I wanted to start with part two, because that's one I don't go back to very often. And I'm watching it, and this is what I want to bring up. good reason. I want to I know if this is just a case of me getting older and overanalyzing things. I should just enjoy the fucking movie. But you guys are familiar with part two, right? Well, uh, I saw it in do... theaters. <laughs> yeah, okay. but why, why, why don't you go ahead and do a quick synopsis so everyone listening at home can be on the same page as you? Okay. So in Child's Play 2, we revisit Andy Barclay, played by Alex Vincent. He's now living in a foster home without his mom. And Chucky once again comes back to life in the Play Palace factory and hunts him down because he wants Andy's soul. Uh, there's a great set piece at the end taking place in the Play Palace factory. Uh, Chucky gets his hand lopped off and replaces it with a knife. whole bunch of crazy stuff happens. What I wanted to talk about is the prologue of the film. In the prologue, you get the burnt-up Chucky from the end of the first one, and you have two workers scraping off the burnt flesh, recreating Chucky, putting the arms back on, putting the legs back on, and recreating this doll. It's a great way to open it up because it's a great kind of set piece. You have Mr. Sullivan of Play Pals, who's the CEO, saying he has a bunch of jittery people, stockholders, that want to know what the fuck happened with Andy Barclay. His assistant, Max, says the cops deny everything. They're not talking, so we're fine. The mom insisted Andy's story was true. They locked her up in a mental home and put Andy in a foster care someplace. You would think mm-hmm. that would be the end of the story. Let's wipe our hands. We're fine. We don't have to deal with this anymore. But why are they fucking putting Chucky back together? They never explain it. They never say we're putting it back together to show the stockholders that there is nothing to worry about. That Chucky really is just a doll. This was an anomaly. We have nothing to worry about. They have no explanation as to why they're putting Chucky back together other than they are. And when Chucky comes back to life in the Playhouse factory and kills one of the workers, they say, just get rid of the doll. Just throw it out. Don't want to worry about it anymore. We're just going to get rid of it. And it's just, well, I know that they, the, they have to bring Chucky back, but I just don't get it. <laughs> you know? Well, is it that the, the worker that dies there? Isn't he the one that gets electrocuted? Yes. When they put the eyeballs in, the uh, machine malfunctions. <laughs> and that's what brings okay. Chucky back to life. There's no ancient ceremony. It's just an electrical spark brings him back to life. They say, you know what? Hey, destroy the doll. Throw him in the trash. So work for Jason Voorhees. And, you know, at that yeah. point, they're not sitting there. The doll is alive. I mean, if I can just go first on this one, I mean, I can tell you right oh, now why yeah. they put the doll back together again. It's for R&D purposes. They need to try to figure okay. out if this was an anomaly, if this was a okay. one-time event. 
you know, so the only way to do that is to actually put that actual doll back together again, because, you know, who knows if it is a one-time thing, then it's just, you know, reserved to that doll, to that chip and so forth. But I would have assumed they would have had to put a new chip in the doll, being that the doll was so badly destroyed and burned. Mm -hmm. Because that was where my, my question lied is because they're putting it back together. They don't explain why. Obviously, like the ghoul just said, maybe it's for R&D purposes. But when the worker dies after trying to put the eyeballs in the doll, they just give it back to Max, and he says, throw the doll out, shove it up your ass. Like, I don't need to explain this to anybody. So you would think they would just wipe their hands clean. They're a huge corporation with millions of dollars. I'm sure they could bury the Andy Barclay incident with no problem. There shouldn't be this whole big thing, but there is. No. So. No, but ahead, if they were smart, no, if they were smart, they would have tried to analyze this, like the ghoul said, but they tried to find military applications for the possessed doll and see if they could duplicate the mm-hmm. and then turn and then turn into soldiers, which would have been a better segue to part three. That's part what segues are. Yeah. That's what segues <laughs> right into small soldiers, yeah. which should have been <laughs> tiny little Chucky dolls. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Which they covered been, it really I'm, well in Ready Player One when you have the big-ass battle going on at the end <laughs> and our hero pulls out a Chucky doll and just throws it out, among, <laughs> just throws out amongst all the bad guys. And then, and then, yeah. in, the, and then in the actual room where all, everyone's virtually hooked up, you just see everyone dying left and right because Chucky's going around kicking ass. Well, and, the third yeah. Chucky especially yeah. bothers me. As far as mm-hmm. its setup Go goes, because in the third Chucky, they melt him down. And then they go and make an entire batch of dolls yeah. using the plastic from him. There should have been more than one fucking Chucky doll. Yep. I agree. More than one that was alive. There should have been. You had an army. It takes place on an army base. Why like, couldn't the end have been a big surprise of an army of Chuckies? And that was the original intent that Don Mancini wanted to do for part three. But the studio said, we don't want that. So he ended up doing it in Cult of Chucky, the latest version, where there is a bunch of Chuckies. Not just right. one. Now the spirit is in all these dolls. So he got to do it. He just had to wait a long time. He didn't get to do it well, three like he wanted to do it. And we had to go to a whole bunch of horrible movies to get to it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I stop at three. I mean, personally, I'm good with just the three. I don't need the rest of them. But I just thought the three were, were good. You know, yeah, bad in some ways, I, good in some ways. I'm in the camp of I like Seed oh, more than I like Bride. I know a lot of people like Bride. I'm not a big fan of Bride. Um, no. I thought Seed had some humor to it, which uh, which I enjoyed. You know, it was weird. It felt like a John Waters movie, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, honestly, I honestly just saw Bride for the first time at uh, the King's house like a month ago, and I was like, is this yeah. seriously fucking happening? And King was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it goes there, you know, and, and yeah. it just went more outlandish. I like uh, Curse of Chucky. You know, uh, I thought that was a fun one, taking it back to the original. But, yeah, I just it, it's one of those things where it's, I guess it's in the 80s, so you have to have corporations not know what to do. They have to be kind of bumbling idiots. But yet they have billions of dollars behind them. So that's why yes. I just took it as play pals. <laughs> you know, they want to wet their hands of it, but they have to see this doll and see what it can do. I mean, and, and plus, yeah. in part two, why does Chucky even want to get Andy's soul? He should just be focused on killing the kid. Instead, he goes back to get his soul again. It's like, it didn't work the first time, Chucky. Just fucking stab him. Well, because he wants to be a human. 
He wants yeah, to be wants human to again. Human. He doesn't want to stay in the doll. No, but he can get anybody. Why, you know, it's like, why do you keep, fucking keep going after Andy? Just kill Andy and then get another kid. Or find well, another I don't adult. think so. No, remember, the rules of the movie were that it's the first person that he reveals himself to. Oh, so I yeah, think he was right. still under the impression that he needed to go to Andy, um, even though he had been reborn. So he probably could have went to somebody else had he revealed himself to them. Um, but at that point, he wants revenge on Andy. But that's why in part three, you know, Chucky was going to be a brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which breaks the rule because he goes after the little black kid in that movie and he tries to get his soul. And he tries to that's put his revealed himself. That's because he revealed himself to him in that movie yep. first when he gets to the, yep. uh, to the army base. I did like the fact in part two, though, when he gets to the foster house and he finds the Tommy doll and he decides to beat it to death, even though it's not alive. He decides to use <laughs> the, the little uh, charm that the foster mother has to smash in the guy's face. And then he buries him in the backyard. <laughs> You have to have him as a burial scene where he's just laughing at Tommy the entire time. <laughs> you know? And then the next day when he's sitting there and Andy walks up to him and he goes, hi, I'm uh, Tommy. <laughs> I, just, I love the fact he has to remember who his fucking name it is. It's not Chucky, it's, it's Tommy. But it's one of those things, I don't know if I'm getting too old and I just analyze things too much, but it's just one of those gripes that I had. I always have a sore spot for Child's Play 2 because, you know, like, yeah. like I said, I, I saw that in the theaters. Um, it was one of those, like, first major disappointment type of movies. You know, I had mm-hmm. my uncle take me to, like, a real late showing to a theater in Brooklyn. Um, right. You know, and I just remember seeing it with him and him laughing his head off during the entire film and me just being like, why are you laughing? This isn't supposed to be funny. Like, this is what I'm thinking in my head, you know? And, like, we got out of there. And, like, I hated the movie. I was like, this fucking movie sucked. And he was just, you know, he knew it. He knew it was going to be bad. He went into it with the right mindset. And, you know, I, I see that now. But, uh, you know, whatever age I was when that came out, you know, wouldn't have, uh, you know, it wouldn't really have dawned on me at the time. It was, what, 89? So maybe I was 11 or 12? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 89, and I think Child's Play 3 was 1991, maybe. I can't remember the exact date of 3, but yeah. They weren't that far apart in uh, terms of sequels. But, I mean, in part 2, he beats a teacher to death with a ruler. (laughs) What other movie are you going to get? Yeah. Didn't he go walking in glory, glory? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's fun, but one of those gripes. You know things that you have where you're like, that's not possible. Why are you doing this? Like, you should just destroy the fucking thing. <laughs> like, we don't want anything to do with Chucky. Yeah. Destroy the, or, the thing. Nobody believes you anyway. Or if it was a failed corporation project, they would have just repainted it, rebranded it, and then put it right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the foster dad's like, I don't want to fucking like this kid. He's fucking weird. Like, so the why fo- would he adopt this the kid? The foster dad was a <laughs> dick in that movie. He was. At least, you know, Jenny A. Gutter replaced the foster mom. She was trying. He was like, fuck this kid. <laughs> you want more kids? Fine. But seriously, this kid sucks. <laughs> and that creeps me out. fucking sister, <laughs> the sister who I'll, I'll know is forever as Emily Valentine from fucking 90210. She was mm-hmm. Brandon's crazy fucking girlfriend that tried to kill herself. I remember <laughs> yeah. right. She tried to, like, light herself on fire or some shit. 
Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember that very well. Um, I don't remember that episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember it. So, yeah. I just I know it from Shadow's Play 2, and then, yeah, 90210. And then uh, the uh, latest movie, Cult of Chucky, she has a cameo. Um, but I wanted to go away from that one. Something I wanted to talk about, and the monkey knows uh, I wanted to talk about it last week. Uh, underrated movies. Movies that <clears throat> it doesn't have to be horror. You know, if you have one in mind that's uh, unhorror related, that's cool, too. Um, I wanted to talk about them because there's some movies that I watch that I bring up in conversation and I feel like nobody's fucking seen it. I'm like, how have you not seen this movie? Like, it's classic, you know, at least to me anyway. Um, One of mine is Pulse from 1988 with Cliff the Young and Joey Lawrence, where there's a paranormal energy in the circuits, you know, throughout all of the houses in the neighborhood. And it fucking kills people. It's stupid in all the right ways. Like, it just works as a really weird horror film. And when I bring it up, they're like, that, that movie doesn't exist. I'm like, yeah, it does. And it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Because young Joey Lawrence and his brother Andrew in the movie. Um, and the other one is from 87, Summer School, with Dean Cameron and Mark Harmon. Oh, that's I bring not that up an underrated movie, man. That's, that's a cult classic. But not I, enough see, people I know think about that's, it or like it. I think that's where... Mm things deviate with that you know there's a difference between i think an underrated film and then what's considered like a cult classic movie i think a lot of people know summer school yeah i gotta agree with you on this one man it's like granted not enough people know about it but there's still a lot of people that know about it (laughs) i mean i feel like every time i bring up summer school people either say yeah that's the movie with the guy at chainsaw or, yeah, that's the guy from NCIS. I'm like, yeah, but there's more to the movie than that. Like, it's a great well, comedy from the 80s. You, you don't need to know much more than that, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's got a lot of great lines. It's got a great plot. It's yeah. one of those 80s movies that can only happen in the yeah. 80s. Um, but also, those are mine, too. In the King's Defense, though, I will say, though, like, I've brought summer school up to a lot of people who are huge NCIS fans, and while I don't watch the show, I know summer school, yeah. and I'd be like, well, if you like Mark Harmon, have you ever seen an old comedy that he did in the 80s called Summer School, and I'm surprised at how many people have not heard of that movie. It, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I, cause I agree with the ghoul, too. I think there is a fan base. It is a cult classic, but I feel like to a certain group of people, and there's a large group of people that don't know about it or just kind of know the title, but they don't know how good that movie is, at least to me anyway. So, uh, ghoul, I'll kick it off with you since it is your birthday. Uh, what are some underrated movies? that you think that people should appreciate more? I mean, the the first one that comes to my head every time when I think underrated movies, I mean, you know, there is the one major one for me anyway, which, again, this is where it comes down to it being an opinionated thing. Stoned Age, man. And I feel like the reason why that film doesn't get as much, you know, credit as it deserves and it hasn't been seen as much as it should have been is because it came out right around the same time as Dazed and Confused. And whereas Dazed and Confused takes like almost like a serious yet comedic look on what 70s teenage life is, you know, I feel like the Stone Age did that as well but it just kind of skewed a little bit more towards comedy and it just didn't look as good, it didn't look as stylish but it had its own thing about it you know and that's just one that I feel is like 
like right there, you know, and it, it should have been it should have been more known, but it just did not get the uh, the credit that it deserved. And I that, agree with and that. that one was that one was released released around the same time as Days and Confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say if anything, it might have been a year earlier at the most. You know, and and yeah, then to continue time. with D, with Dean Chrysler Cameron. You know, another movie that I found, which was a a great little comedy that I remember catching, like, on cable late at night. Always had a lot of fun. Had a really cute chick in it. Um, Miracle Beach with with him and uh, Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi, and uh, the little-known actress known as Amy Dolenz, who is a little cutie. And she, uh, she plays like a genie. In it, it's a very much like a I Dream a Genie meets uh, like Back to the Beach type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one because I I used to watch a lot of Dean Cameron movies back in the day. Uh, Rockula was another one that I feel mm-hmm. like people know about it, but they don't know enough to kind of be like, yeah, it's good. It's like, yeah, no, that's, I heard of the movie, but yeah, I recommend Rockula all the time if you want like a horror comedy, but just Dean Cameron at his finest in the eighties. And when when was this one released? Cool. Which one? Miracle Beach? That might have been like 91, 92. It was right after I moved to Jersey, so, and I remember catching it on, like, you know, it might have been one of those cases where I was hoping to catch something on Cinemax and, and enjoy myself that night. Um, yeah. But instead, I found that it was not what I thought it was, but instead, a very fun movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's definitely underappreciated, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, Monkey, what do you think? Underrated movies. All right, I got three. Um, okay. One, just because I've always been a huge sci-fi fan, and I've talked about it before on the show, so I won't go that deep into it, but it's from 1990 called Moon 44. Um, okay. It's, yeah, it's got a kick-ass cast of um, Michael Pear, Michael, Malcolm McDowell, um, Stephen Jeffries, Brian Thompson, and it's it's just got a bunch of great sets and effects, and it's just a really fun under the radar sci-fi movie. But okay. moving on, all right. Um, then another movie that I like, I I think is very very under the radar. Came out in 1987. This was a big movie that I grew up with. Was a lighthearted um, comedy drama called Hope and Glory. And this okay. This was a movie about. Um, a boy growing up in England during the blitz of World War okay. II and just the trials and tribulations that he went through being a kid at that time. And this was a huge movie for our family just because my mom had memories of growing up, you know, at the tail end of World War II. And she rem- actually remembered some of the stuff that, you know, they nodded to in the movie. So that for us, that was mandatory historical fiction in our house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and mm. if you like if you like life in World War II and lighthearted dramas that have got some comedy in it, yeah, definitely check out Hope and Glory. Okay. And lastly, and lastly, because we also got to do romance type movies, everyone knows John Hughes, and everyone loves all John Hughes movies, <laughs> um, but everyone loves Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, shit like that. But no one ever, ever talks about my personal favorite John Hughes movie, Some Kind of Wonderful. Dude, that movie is uh, awesome. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just released in 87. It's got a kick-ass soundtrack. I, st- I still have the soundtrack on both tape, and <laughs> I still have my original 
soundtrack on tape. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, again, written and directed by John Hughes, you know, Eric Stoltz, Mary Stuart Masterson, Leah Thompson. You know, we got Craig Schaefer from Nightbreed in this fucking thing. Playing the total I, douche, I, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So good at it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, I, and it's just people who say they love John Hughes movies, you know, and there's, you know, all of them out there, you know, we all, you know, we all have girlfriends and they all love fucking John Hughes. And none of them have fucking heard of this movie. And yeah. this was one this this was like one of the last of his whole thing that he was trying to do with the teenage movies. This is one of his last ones. And it just didn't get a lot of bang. But um I remember begging my mom to take me to go see this even though it was rated R. You know <clears throat> um, excuse me. Uh I, I was only like fuck. Um math. Yeah, I was 12 when I saw this. I like I begged her to go. Like it was just me and her that went. And um yeah, I just fucking loved the movie. It was just <clears throat> my my favorite John Hughes movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, I know you speak very highly of that one. Um, I uh, I was a huge fan of that. Similar to the same sorry King. I just uh the reason why I was such a big fan of that one um was because the main character's name was Keith. You know, it was <laughs> Never ever saw my name in anything. So like, there's that movie, and then there's Voltron. You know, so those are the two. Those are two huge things for me as a kid because I never saw my name anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one, because I know uh, Monkey, you just brought up the World War II movie, Hope and Glory. Uh, There's another one that now that you bring up the World War II setting, uh, Swing Kids. You guys remember that movie? Mm. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. with Christian Bale and Robert Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that movie, like a I think, yeah. movie. That movie too, I feel is kind of you know not mentioned a lot, you know, and I don't know if it's underrated, but definitely not brought up a lot because it's a great setting during World War II, the Swing Kids era, the Hitler Youth era, you know, set during that you know that time, and it's just a great movie, especially to see a young Christian Bale, you know, just dancing around to swing music with Robert Morrison. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic they... you know movie. They actually had us watch that in high school. Is that um, right? And uh, I remember seeing that in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it in school. It was on HBO a lot back in the day. And I remember just loving the music because I do love swing music. And I thought it was just kind of great to kind of show you what happens when friends kind of evolve into things. You know, with uh, Christian Bale going into the Hitler Youth. And Robert Morrison not digging it very much. You know, it's kind of a cool, it's not really a comedy, more of a drama, but it's still a good one. You know, Seth just wanted to listen to Benny Goodman, man. That's it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, so, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, a good yeah. solid piece. And, not, and, again, like, you know, people who claim they're Christian Bale fans have not heard of that one. It's just like, uh, you know, it surprises me how many people have also not heard of Equilibrium, which is a mm-hmm. fucking amazing mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how many like movies that he's been in where you're like, Oh, have you seen this? And like, no, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> and you're a fan? You know, but then again you know, movies like that fly underneath the radar of a lot of people. You know, I mean I think Bachelor Party is a great fucking movie and a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised. That one I think the only problem with that movie is it's it's kinda like it's a product of its time. Oh, yeah. As, yeah, as much as I would love for that film to have 
staying power to this day and still have things that are like so relatable and everything. It really doesn't like I've tried to watch that. I want to say within like the last two years or so and really couldn't make it very far in it. Which is a shame. I remember liking that a lot when I was a kid. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it's got a lot of funny moments. I think it's one of Tom Hanks funniest movies that he did back in the eighties. I mean, I know he did a lot, but yeah, bachelor party is still one of those movies that ranks high up there. You know, as far as staying power, yeah, I mean, it's aged, you know, and hasn't aged very well, yeah. but it's still, it's a product of this time, like, you know, you had said, cool, um, but still an enjoyable time. Um, but the other thing I wanted to get to tonight before we get into the movie is Hellboy, the new one with David Harbour it's coming out. They released the official first trailer for it. Uh, I was a fan. I really dug it. I thought it's going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of Ron Perlman fanboys and fangirls out there are really upset that it's not Ron Perlman, saying, not my Hellboy, that's not Ron Perlman, but I thought that David Harbour is a great choice for the character, and I wanted to get your guys' perspective on the trailer. Ghoul, have you seen the trailer yet? Yes, I have. Okay, then why don't you say, Monkey? (laughs) What's that? Okay, Monkey. Oh, um, yeah, me personally, I just watched it not too long ago, and I did not dig this, man. I'm not liking this Hellboy at all. Yeah. It's just, no, and it's it's not his acting or the fact that it's not Ron Perlman. That's not it at all. Okay. It's the all fact right. that the, the new makeup that they chose for the face doesn't seem to be nearly as flexible as the Ron Perlman makeup. So mm-hmm. he's always, like, very straight-faced with it. And I didn't like the fact that also they're taking this and trying to put a guard – a Marvel spin on it, and uh, at least with the trailer, you know, and put this Marvel spin on it, we're going to make it hip, we're going to make it cool, you know, the fucking poster says, you know, like, whatever the fuck it says, something like, you know, <clears throat> legendary the world of the no, but it, no, it says legendary AF, Hellboy, on mm-hmm. the fucking poster, you know, and it's just, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping they're just doing this just for the trailer and they're not going to try and carry this out throughout the entire movie. Well, I, I, I had fun with the trailer. I mean, I didn't think it was too Marvelized. I mean, just because they played Moni Moni in the trailer doesn't make it bad, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and David Harbour said it's going to be very kind of horror element-wise, you know, kind of good. So I love the creature effects, I, you know. The makeup aside, I thought it was good makeup. I thought it made him look really well. I mean, I could barely tell it's David Harbour underneath the makeup, or I could tell that's Ron Perlman in Hellboy makeup. Not a detriment, but still, I could tell it was Ron Perlman. Google, what did you mm-hmm. think? Uh, I believe, honestly, that Ron Perlman was made to play that role. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think his <laughs> natural facial features right. were conducive to that. He is a very mm. unique looking gentleman. He yeah. is basically proof positive that we come from apes. Um, and as <laughs> such, you know, I felt like that just lent very well towards the makeup and everything to do with him. Um, you know, so that being said, I mean, yeah, it looks to be, I don't know if it's marvelized. It definitely looks to be very action oriented. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to miss Ron Perlman. You know, the little bits I see of David Harbour, I'm not impressed. Um, 
I almost wish that, and I mean, who knows? I don't know. I, I don't know the exact details behind the film, but I almost wish that they were just simply going with this as being a prequel to mm. the Ron Perlman series. Um, where this is something that's taking place as, you know, before he ever goes on the missions that we see him do with Abe Sapien and Fire Girl and all that stuff, whatever her name right. is, I, I forget. Yeah. Um, I do like Ian McShane, though, um, oh, yeah. yep. as an actor, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's taking up the uh, the role that, uh, what's his, John Hurt played? Um, yeah, yeah. And I really dig him. He the the he was fantastic in American Gods, um, which is a mm. series on stars. If you haven't oh, yeah. watched that series, I highly recommend it. It was awesome. Um, and his, yeah, he was just so great in it. I'm hoping they finally get that back up and running again. Unfortunately, they uh, I guess they lost their original showrunner. And as mm-hmm. such, they went through some recasting and some other things, so which is kind of a bummer because that may just change the entire dynamic of that fucking show. I have been he reading the book. He was also great in the John Wick movie. Going. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it, it's hard to kind of say whether a movie is going to be good or not based on the trailer. But I wasn't mad. You know, I wasn't like, oh, this fucking movie's going to suck. I was like, you know, it could be fun. You know, and I guess maybe it's because I am a David Harbour fan, you know, since I started watching him on Stranger Things and kind of branching mm-hmm. out to other projects he's done. I was like, you know what? You know, I I think he could be a good Hellboy. Is he going to be Ron Perlman? No. But I just hope he puts his own spin on it. Don't try to be like Ron Perlman. Be David Harbour as Hellboy. You know, do that way. Don't try to imitate something that came before you. That's like the only thing I hope um, he doesn't do. That's easy to say, but at the same time, we're not talking about someone that's like – you know, we're not talking about someone playing Spider-Man and you're doing something right. under the mask. You know, we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, a full body, full, you know, full face <laughs> makeup acting, you know, and you have to, you know, Ron Perlman set the character. You still have to meet that. You can, you know, it, like I'm just speaking on my ass here. It's like, you know, and the way he established it was pretty much coincided great with the comic book character of Hellboy. Just the the way he spoke, the the way he would just all of a sudden just be like crap, you know, is exactly how Hellboy acted in the yeah. comic books. He, mm-hmm. he nailed it, and it's just to say to do it your own way is like you still got to remember to be Hellboy though. Yeah, I mean, I just wish you had brought up somebody other than Spider Man, because Spider Man, I feel like it's his own little thing. Because I love Tom Holland as Spider Man, didn't like Andrew Garfield, and I love Tobey Maguire. So I think that different people put their own spin on it. You know, so it's, you know, kind of hard to say with Spider-Man because I think it is just depending on who the actor is, not just a mask. You have to be Peter Parker. And I thought that, you know, every character brought something new to that role. Oh, that I would character. say that. So, Tobey Maguire didn't play Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be Peter I'm, Parker or bad Spider-Man. I, I'm sorry, King. Whatever, man. <laughs> no, you I know thought what? he was a good Peter Parker just bad Spider-Man. And I said that numerous times. You know, I thought that Tom Holland nailed it all around. I've got it on pretty good authority that uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is actually fucking phenomenal and supposedly That's better right. than any one of the fucking Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Well, they were just yeah. saying in general that it's, just, it's the best Spider-Man movie you know, yeah. that we could get. And it's all you know, a CGI movie animation. So I'm hoping to catch it one of these days. Because I heard it. Yeah, like I'm, uh, I'm hoping to go during the Christmas break. Me and uh, me and Little Monster have uh, 
of a movie date that we're supposed to go see that. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, you know, because I feel like, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how they handle all these characters, especially seeing an older Peter Parker, which is something the ghoul and I have said for a long time. I want to get that movie mm-hmm. with an older Peter Parker. <laughs> I want that. I just want to see Spider-Ham, dude. That was one of the other yeah, really cool Peter presents Parker? I got, yeah. man. <laughs> I got the little pop cap figure, whatever those little collectibles are of, of okay. Spider-Ham. You know, so I, I've got Peter Porker in my possession. I just love his name. It's fucking Peter Porker because he's a pig. Yeah, and he's Spider-Man. Yeah, I just thought that was so cool, especially when you brought it up when you saw the trailer for the first time. And you're like, oh, my God, it's it's Peter Porker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider-Pig. Yeah, like I, said, I, I remember seeing that as a kid, like in wall bombs and, and all of that, yeah. and just thinking it was the fucking funniest thing I'd ever seen. So, you know, I, I was easily amused, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah, I can't wait to see it just because of all the different Spider-Men, you know, and, and especially that one. Um, one of the last pieces I want to get into before the last kind of continuing article I have, uh, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, the longest fucking name ever, uh, yeah, no doubt. behind A Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently he has a script that he's written, uh, and he's basically sitting on it until New Line gives him the green light. Apparently he did an interview with a website called GameSpot where they asked him about it, and he goes, oh, it's definitely going to happen. Like, eventually? Um, they're really into conjuring right now, but, yeah, I think we're going to see Freddy pretty soon. To me, that's the equivalent of saying, you never know, wink, wink. Like, it's me. <laughs> That's not definitive. Yes, it's happening, guys. You know, give us a year, we'll give you Freddy. You know, I just feel like the same thing. That yeah. sounds completely opposite of a confirmation. That's what that sounds yeah. like to me. Exactly. Like, I don't need that. Don't give me that. Like, that's not even good bait. That's not even like dangling the carrot. That's just basically saying you never know, because anybody could say that. I could say that tomorrow. Oh, Robert England said he might want to do one. Maybe. Hell. Like, Everybody's saying this about Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we know I mean, that that's been, been in hell and all that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think like, we, like we've been saying all season long, um, with the success of Halloween, obviously, you know, a lot of older franchises are going to be looking to kind of reinvigorate or reinvent themselves or go back mm-hmm. to their source material and see if they can do anything with it that's not a remake, but a, mm-hmm. you know, a continuation. continuation. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I'm surprised, you know, with the success of the Friday the 13th video game that they didn't come out with another mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street video game at this point. Right. Um, it's, yeah. uh, it's, I don't know, man. Weird times. But that's, you know, what I wanted to ask you guys. Is that, do you feel like people should just stop with the dangling of bait, you know, to get people excited when it's not really even a possibility right now? You know, I'd rather they just say, it's not going to happen until they say so. That's it. Don't be like, eh, maybe, yeah, you know, definitely. You know, don't even bother. Like, we know, you know, we're not stupid enough to believe that there's going to be another nightmare for quite some time. No, they're doing it to get their name in stories, man. They're doing yeah. it to sit there and get you to click on their story on the internet. That's 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 the only reason. It's clickbait, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I wish they would stop. Like I just I hate clickbait, and I always fall for it. I'm like, oh, what's this nightmare? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always fall for the ones that are like, 
the 20 things you've probably missed in whatever comic book movie that you've watched oh, a thousand yeah. times. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, what, what could I possibly have missed? <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, well, top fuck, 10 man, things, you missed Avengers. Well, even earlier tonight, I, I had like the I had the hardest fucking time trying to find an actual trailer for Hellboy, because there were all these other bullshit trailers going. Yeah, this is the official trailer for the, the new Hellboy movie, and it was all a bunch of fan made fucking trailers. I sent you the link on group chat. Click that. No, fan made trailers I, are the absolute fucking worst. Yeah. Oh, they are absolutely so terrible. Because I saw yeah. one of them and I was like, "What the fuck is Constantine doing in here?" <laughs> and they I mean these people on YouTube they get savvy so they know how to fucking trick you well they're like Friday 13th mm-hmm. 2019 teaser trailer and like that's not it that's not it like that's all footage from like part 7 like, dude there's <laughs> footage from there's footage from other movies sometimes like other franchises <laughs> yeah. so they really trick you with that shit they, there are some that they're, it's not that it's a bad trailer it's just that I'm so mad that it's not a real trailer that I don't give a fuck what you put together, no matter how good it is, asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure like Pinhead's not a Ken Crystal Lake. <laughs> and like the ghoul said, some of them are, are actually really fucking good. That's the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just love reading the comments at the bottom, like, this is fake, fucker. Fake. Fake. And I'm like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Pretty sure the Fonz isn't having you. I enjoy that on Facebook, man. There's like this this app lately, and again, I, I guess Facebook everything's supposedly personalized now and all that shit. But I keep getting these the algorithms. TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like and like, listen, I don't use apps on my phone at all, so I have no idea why I keep getting these ads for TikTok. But there's this mm-hmm. one ad and it's like you know i guess tiktok's like well that ad that thing called musically where people video themselves I've like lip syncing or singing to shit yeah um and there's this one fucking blonde chick on there she's cute as fuck you know she looks like a little hottie or whatever and like you read all the comments like on it now granted she looks like she might be like 16 17 years old or so mm. but she's a little hottie but there's all these nasty ass dudes saying all these nasty ass things and then there's all these fucking like bible thumper fuckers man and then the best though is like I'm reading through all these things and I'm cracking up I'm dying and then finally there's like one person who's like well this is this person's name and she's like 24 years old and like professional which kind of like like, just as a big F you to everybody that's sitting there Bible thumping about, like, oh, you want to rape teenage children? Oh, she's a little girl, and this is promoting porn, and it's like, dude, okay, she might look 12, but she's fucking 20-something, <laughs> a-hole. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I've seen that TikTok app, too. I don't know why I get it, because I don't use any apps on my phone like that, but yeah, Facebook has definitely been throwing me TikTok. Uh, there's one with Emma Watson reciting some fucking lip sync to Harry Potter. I'm like, ah, what is this? Why am I getting this? My feet. That's because you watch fucking Emma Watson porn, dude. You and your Harry Potter fucking porn. Uh, yeah, Harry Potter. I know. That's my favorite one. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Ron. Fuck me, Ron. Fuck me, Ron. But, yeah, so the last one uh, thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie, and it kind of ties in. Uh, I teased this to you guys earlier about uh, the Just like Ron teased Harry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this article actually just came out a couple of days ago, and it's from Russia, where there's a, mo- a hotel, really kind of grand cabin, where you could stay, you could drink, eat, but they have a bear in a cage for your entertainment. This is a bear that's not allowed to hibernate. 
that they barely feed and that they're going to release in the spring. So a 53-year-old woman who was an employee of the hotel got tanked on drinks and vodka and whatever the fuck else they drink in, in Russia. And she oh, told all the friends. assuming it's vodka. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> probably going to be vodka. But she decided to say to all her friends that she's getting fucked up. I'm going to feed the bear, and I'm going to put my hand out and feed it, and it's going to fucking eat, and it's going to be so cute. Get your cameras out. She put her hand out to the bear. The bear ripped her arm off and ate it. What? (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to the hospital. She's listed in grave condition, and the best part is is that they're not going to put the bear down because the bear was acting on instinct. And I fucking love that kind of wrap-up. But, yeah, to me it's a case of, don't fuck with nature because nature will fuck back. But I wanted to get your guys' kind of opinion of how fucking no, great this story is. It's, it's not a case of don't fuck with the bear. It's a case of don't ever, ever fuck with the cage dancers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just the fact that it ripped off her entire arm and then devoured it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hardcore bear. But, yeah. I mean, is that a case of, like, you should have known better? Oh, absolutely. No. I mean, there was... There was one that I recently saw, which was, I guess, a woman jumped into a fucking polar bear pen and, like, an enclosure at a zoo, and she climbed over the fence, jumped into the water with, I don't know, what looked like three or four fucking polar bears, which then proceeded to, like, maul the shit out of her. And it's great. There's, like, pictures of the one biting her on the ass, you know? There's another, Mm -hmm. like, clawing at her as she's, like, trying to climb out. Like, lady... What did you think, you know, was going to happen? They are gigantic fucking creatures with sharp teeth and claws. Yes, were they, if they're raised in captivity, could they be friendly to their handlers? Yeah, those are their handlers, the people that feed them. Your food. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as far as not putting that bear down... The, oh, and I'd never agree with it. I hate when they do it at zoos when this happens with like lions yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I know that they do it though because part of it is due to the safety of their employees. You know, even if this you know creature has been quote unquote friendly up until this point, you know, the fact that it's had that kind of contact with a human being could lead to it being dangerous. The fact that they're going to be releasing this thing in the spring, yeah. which is now eaten a human being's what arm. Thing? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not. A, yeah, let's hope wherever they fucking release it is not very populated. This, this yeah, is just the beginning I mean, of a horror movie. It's like you know, right? At first it was a cage dancer, but now it's got a taste for human blood, and it will be released this spring in theaters. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, imagine being at that Christmas party though. It's like, oh, look at Svetlana. She's getting drunk. She's so funny. Oh my God, it's got her arm off. It's fucking eating her arm. Like you know. I was going to take a picture of that. I'm like, <laughs> selfie. Fucking taking a picture <laughs> of a bear eating the arm. That's what gotta you get, Karen. video footage. Somebody's got to have video footage of it, man. Like, I know that tsunami happened recently over in, like, Indonesia or whatever. And, you know, it's a terrible yeah. thing, a terrible tragedy. Yeah. But they've got yeah. that video footage where there's that group singing on a stage as the wall oh, just completely, like, fucking collapses behind them and this entire wall of water comes rushing in and you just know a lot of people fucking died man and that's just some scary shit for fucking mother earth to say fuck you remember I'm bigger than you <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. did you forget about I, me 
Yeah. I, I, I did see that video that you're talking about, Ghoul. Yeah, it looks like, you know, a bad 70s disaster movie because it's just, you've got this, you know, the band playing, and then, yeah, just this wall of water just coming in at the camera. It's just fucking insane. The things that you can see, you know, on the Internet are fucking amazing. Like, disturbing. Some are good. You know, some are just, you know, lighthearted videos, and there's just a fucking disturbing side. Um, there was recently a video released of two uh, tourists from Switzerland getting decapitated by ISIS members. Yeah, it's fucking horrifying. But it's out there. Like, you can find it. You can watch it. I, I've watched you know? them, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm never a fan of that, man. But I did. there have been ones that I've watched. It's like one of those where yeah. if I've clicked <laughs> on it, I almost feel like it's, like, disrespectful for me not to watch it, you know, to those that yeah. are deceased in that case, you know. Mm. It's, just, it's disturbing that the footage is out there and then it happened. I mean, you feel bad for the victims and their families. I mean, it's a woman. You know, obviously, she fucked with a bear and got her arm ripped off. So I don't entirely feel bad for her. But, you know, what do you expect, you know, when you get drunk and you fucking throw your hand out to a bear? It's not going to be like, high five. Like, no, it's going to fucking rip it off. Uh, the real question is, is I mean, if her fucking blood, if her blood alcohol content was high enough, did the bear catch a buzz? That would be great, yeah. <laughs> Then the it's bear just all the marijuana around and stuff like that, trying to keep the buzz going. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Bears just sitting there, just waving back and forth. All fucked it's up. Like that fucking, it's like night. that scene in Can't Hardly Can't Hardly Wait when he's like, I can't feel my legs. You know, the bear's just <laughs> I can't feel my legs. The lady's like, I can't feel my arm. I can't feel my arm. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and we don't mean to make light, but seriously. Get your fucking arm out of a bear cage. Like, you know, just don't go near it. Um, but going away from bears that w- rip off women's arms to killer whales that destroy villages, we have a movie to talk tonight. Orca from 1977. A ghoul, it's your birthday, it's your pick, so why don't you lead us off? Oh, it's Orca from 1977. So, yes, with my birthday, um... You know, my my wondrous year of birth was 1977. Uh, Originally, Mm -hmm. there were two other films that I was thinking of going. I knew I was going back for this pick no matter what. I feel like we've been doing a lot of current films lately, and I kind of felt like needing something that, uh, you know, that that just would have a taste of something older. Um, But then, yes, with my birthday, I was like, I'm going to go with something from my year. Started looking through the list and seeing nothing but terrible films or films that we've covered in some way before, uh, like Suspiria. Um, And then I saw Orca. And this was a film that I caught on Channel 11, uh, like you had said earlier, good old WPIX back in the day. Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) I was, when as as a kid, I really was a... I think like most kids, you know, I really wanted to be a vet when I was young. And specifically, I got very interested in marine animals because of all my time mm. on boats and everything with my grandparents. Um, so that was kind of like the, the direction I wanted to go in. Uh, it didn't happen, obviously. I went as far from that as you can possibly get. <laughs> Completely grounded yeah. these days. Um, but, <laughs> yes, yeah, so catching this movie, being a big fan of Jaws, I'm like, all right, I'll check this out. And, uh, yeah, I think this was, you know, obviously somebody trying to capitalize on the popularity of Jaws from 75, and they just kind of tried to give it its own twist. And that, you know, that twist is that this is a whale seeking vengeance 
on humans that wronged it as opposed to your typical animal film of, you know, wild beast does what wild beast is supposed to do and man goes out to hunt it to stop it from killing man. Right, which I thought was a good twist. Uh, but uh, Monkey, what did you think about Orca? Is it Orca or Ka? <laughs> um, this, this is the first time I've seen this movie, but, uh, you know, if you hadn't seen it, but you, you know, always wandered around the radio store as a kid, you always saw this box title in the horror section, you know, with this big-ass Jules Verne, you know, looking artwork on the top, you know, where it ought to be Charlton Heston on top of this motherfucker instead or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, you've always seen the artwork there, you know, on the video boxes and shit like that. And going into this, it's like, all right, we're going to check this out. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's a movie. Um but it's now that I've seen this movie, I just want to say like I can appreciate that I can say that I've seen this movie that we're getting rid of the cover because it's a movie that makes no apologies for ripping off jaws which then Jaws goes back and rips them off again later going, you know what? You want to do a revenge movie? Let, we're going to show you how to do it better. No way. I'm just talking about Jaws 4. They definitely didn't do it better. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, please. That's a but, whole podcast. <laughs> but, but, but this movie, though, it's like, you know, I, I I loved Drunken Dumbledore in the movie. I thought he was the best part about this entire movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get into it. But it's like, yeah, this was definitely an experience. But I'm glad I was part of it to be able to watch this and say that I have watched this now. Okay. Holy wow. shit! <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't even put two and two together that that's fucking Dumbledore. Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah, hell, yeah. man. Or Robert Carradine, <laughs> Lewis from Red yes. Nerd. Yes. yes, he I caught this time around. I never knew he was in this film. Like, I, again, like I never, you know, again, they were younger. You know what I mean? And he wasn't a oh, fucking yeah. nerd yeah. with glasses and, and his <laughs> yeah. laugh and all that. <laughs> Sexually assaulting women. Yes. <laughs> yep. Or Will Sampson, who went on to play Taylor in Poltergeist 2. Mm-hmm. He played the villager, you know. So yeah, there's there's people in this movie. Yeah, Richard Harris was Dumbledore, the first yeah. one. Who you know after who he got after, replaced after he died. Yeah, who after um, making the movie would get into fistfights with people when they would sit there and um, bash it and try and compare it to Jaws, because he would defend it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a but hey, what did you think of this movie? Um, but very much like The Ghoul, uh, I watched this movie a lot when it was on Channel 11 WCIX with Ernie Anastas and Rosanna Scotto <laughs> back in the day. Um, <laughs> and it was obviously edited for TV, but I always had fun with it. You know, I always thought it was like a weird movie. I mean, Jaws obviously is the penultimate kind of sea terror movie, but I felt like Orca should be up there too, because Orca kind of gives you a different perspective of killer whales and what they can do and how powerful they are and how intelligent they are. As opposed to Jaws, which is just a killer shark that kills people. Both are really yeah. good in real different ways, at least to me anyway. You know, I love Jaws, but I also really do like Orca um, because it is, you know, pretty well acted with Richard Harris. 
uh, Bo Derek, who I think everybody had a crush on at one point in her childhood. Um, in this Absolutely. movie, you know, she's not in it a lot. But, you know, I do love the fact that this technically is her first film. Uh, yeah, theatrically, it is. But she did make a movie in 1973 when she was 16 called Fantasies that wasn't released until 1980 because of the, mm. uh, the success of Orca and 10 uh, with Dudley Moore, uh, which came yeah. out in the same year. So they released Fantasies, but it was an old movie where she's 16. So I was like, what? what? Why is Bo Derek so young in this movie? And, well, yeah, it was released in 1973, you know, not theatrically until 1980. But she was fantastic in it. Uh, it's got a really good cast, uh, you know, but showing you the intelligence of the whales, I thought was the most impressive thing, you know, that they're not just stupid animals in the sea. They could actually wreak vengeance, unlike Jaws 4, which makes no sense. Yeah, at least this one had a voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this one had, like, you know, again, watching it now, it has, it's, I found it so much more humorous than I oh, did yeah. then as a kid. You know, this was one of those films where, you know, you see the the opening of the film and like I said, as a kid, I was all for the whale, you know, I'm like, dude, yeah, these fucking people, look what they did. They killed his wife. You know, the film opens with the, with the lovely, almost <laughs> James Bondish type of like mating scene between the two whales as you know you're, you're developing their relationship amongst their get Eartha Kitt to sing a theme song to Orca <laughs> I just wish we got to see some whale cock dude <laughs> oh, like oh man they're showing the penetration scene in Orca awesome <laughs> oh, I would have spanked him yeah. it would have been great but um, it's just yeah, it's the fact that they show you kind of the, like they lead you up to it too in the movie where they keep trying to like be like Ralph from Friday the 13th, but they're like, yeah, workers are fucking dangerous. They're intelligent, but yeah, don't fuck with them because they, they seek vengeance. You know, they mate for life. And what if you kill one of the mates? And it's like, ah, fuck it. I'm Irish and I'm fucking drunk and I need to get a fucking whale. <laughs> All Richard Harris can say. And that's what I well, love that about was Richard the thing Harris. too, though. He- he wasn't looking to kill the whale. He was looking to capture yeah. it. You know, that was his whole thing, was they were trying to catch these animals, so, you know, even the shark at the very beginning, which I totally forgot, mm-hmm. um, which may have even been a case in which I'd never even seen the beginning of this film. I may have just always caught it shortly into the movie on Channel 11. Uh, this is the first time I've ever watched yeah. the film, like, you know, like sitting there All and the not being on a television station with commercials. <laughs> um, always watched the whole thing. Thing. I just, you know, again, yeah. I, just don't, I don't know if I ever saw the very, very beginning of it, um, or at least I have no memory of it. But, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting there, and, like, watching it now, I'm, like, sitting there thinking to myself, like, you know, so many animals these days, they're bred in captivity, you know? So, like, I don't even know if this is really, like, a thing anymore where you have these these wild animal fucking aquarium wranglers. Right getting these right. animals to get to the aquarium. Um, and that's why I like the character of Dr. Rachel Bedf- uh, Bedford, who is played by Charlotte Rampling, who was another kind of sex icon back in the late 60s and early 70s. Oh, hell she, was yeah, she, great, was. she was in a great movie called The Night Porter. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that movie, but if you haven't, seek it out because it's, you know, a concentration camp survivor having sex with a Nazi guard. And then once she gets liberated from the camp, she resumes that relationship with him. And, yeah, mm. weird 
tinky 1974, you know, type movie with Charlotte Rampling. Um, but yeah, it's a movie I've I seen recommend. Her, but I've seen her mm-hmm. most recently in uh, Red Sparrow. Uh, yeah, and she was Lawrence. in Dexter too. Yeah, yeah. she was uh, in the final season of Dexter as well. For people that are fans of Dexter, but she was great in this movie because she's like, yeah, the whales, and you have to understand who they are, and you have no one, Richard Harris's character, going, fuck the whales. I don't care about your books. I don't want to read. Like, I don't care who they are. Like, I just need to pay off the mortgage for my boat. I'm here for drunk Irish. <laughs> yeah. And I love the scene where they, they gear up, you know, to go out and capture one of these whales. And they have the, the spear and go after one whale. And it starts screaming. He goes, why is it screaming like that? It almost sounds like it's human. I'm like, no, it's just the whale screaming. Pretty sure because it's got a hook in its fucking body. But <laughs> trying to humanize this whale, I thought it was brilliant the way that they, they did that. Um, and then you have the scene with the shark, like the ghoul had said. You have this weird, like it was inserted shots of a shark swimming around. Like that's all it was. <laughs> you could tell mm-hmm. that it's not happening. Yeah. But I love when the orca whale comes out of the water and bitch slaps the fuck out of the shark and right. kills it. I'm like, damn! It pops it the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of the water, like, oh my! Again, like, I, I don't remember the, like, like I said, watching this as a kid, it wasn't humorous. I'm watching it yeah. now, <laughs> and I'm really getting like these belly laughs while watching it, yeah. you know. And yeah. I, I wonder how much of it is intended versus how much mm-hmm. of this was like, you know, were they really going for, you know, did we want a serious movie like Jaws? Plus, because okay, the but- shark's teeth shook. After it got fucking hit, and I'm like, "What?" It's <laughs> like the teeth are fucking bouncing around in his mouth after it got fish slapped by this fucking orca whale. <laughs> I mean, what did you think for, about that monkey? The, the whole thing with the shark yeah. and the whale. From what I understand, they were being 100% serious about this movie. They weren't trying mm-hmm. to be cheeky or funny or nothing. It was serious, 100% business. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. The problem is we have Dino De Laurentiis that's producing this thing. And oh yeah. And his idea of seri- serious doesn't exactly meet everybody else's. Well, I do <laughs> love his work immensely, you know, like, because I fucking love Flash Gordon and Dune, oh, yeah. and and he made a shitload of other movies that we all grew up with in the 80s that, you know, are classic films of our childhood. But what he considered serious is way fuck off the spectrum from what we consider serious. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially in that sequence where they, they get the, the one orca, and it's a female, but they keep trying to drag it onto the boat. And then, of course, it's screaming, it's bloody, it's, it's getting all cut up in the ropes. And then it and no, it's trying to commit suicide. It's, just, it's trying yeah. to commit suicide. But yeah, it goes up into the fucking, that. it goes into the propeller first to, yeah. try, to yeah. try to perform an emergency C-section. Like, I love how they <laughs> yeah. set everything up for that to really make you sympathize with the animal, too. Like, we had the scene in the school earlier where she's going over mm-hmm. how a fetus of a oh, whale yeah. in its early stages has fingers and this mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. So then, yes, you know, this whale's in distress. You know it's the female because somehow Bo Derek knows that. Um, you know, she's suddenly a, a whale expert. Yeah, well, she knows the difference mm-hmm. between the uh, the things. Uh, she seems quite vapid throughout the whole movie, so how all of a sudden yeah. she knows this information seems like, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> but, 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 um, but she does know about the dorsal fin. <laughs> yes, yes, 
she does. And then, yeah, that, that, that nasty fucking fetus pops out. And, like, oh. and as a kid, it was, like, it was gross. And it still is. Like, it just kind of grosses me out. But I feel terrible. I actually kind of laughed. And I feel bad that I laughed. But just, it was so, just, to me, I don't know why, I just laughed at that scene. Because it's, like, on top of everything else, you have this fetus pop out of the whale and just drop yeah. comically onto the fucking, uh, the, uh, the boat. <laughs> and Richard Harris yeah. grabs the hose. And he's like, yep, yeah, he's right off the boat. <laughs> for, me watching this, <laughs> for me watching this for the first time, when that happened, I was literally like sitting there, you know, close up to the screen, headphones on, and when that little fucker popped out, I was like, oh, fuck. Freak the shit out of me, man. <laughs> Yeah, and I love how Novak is like, don't worry about it. It's dead. You know, you got it. It's cool. Like, <laughs> what are you so worried about? Just so casually. <laughs> telling, after everything that just happened, Novak's like, yeah, whatever, man. We got it. <laughs> just take it back. What, don't worry about that whale. What, it's not going to come after us. What I love during <laughs> this sequence is the fact that the male whale has been sitting there watching. And mm-hmm. upon seeing the fetus, you know, popping out and getting killed and everything, he proceeds to basically do the whale equivalent of Anakin Skywalker's no at the end of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just doing the whale. No, I love the up-close shots of the whale with the eye, you know, looking at the boat, you know, the mouth hanging open as it screams, watching its mate being brought up onto the boat. It was classic, you know, but it was... Obviously, like we had said, so well, I do. at the same time, I'm having a good time. Yeah. I'm laughing a little bit. Mm. Well, yeah, everybody well, loves a little well, well I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and again, yeah, this it was, is where it's like, because they, they kept trying to ump, or, you know, ump it up compared to Jaws, where it's like, okay, in Jaws, the shark roared a little bit. We're going to have them have a fucking battle roar, you know, in this fucking thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the shark roared um, in Jaws 4, man. He didn't roar in Jaws 1. Yeah, but then that shark also traveled to Barbados, where they were yeah, vacationing. Sure. Yeah. Also <laughs> ate a plane. Um, yeah. Clearly better than <laughs> this movie, according to the monkey. <laughs> Debatable. Um, but um, The monkey apparently liked Krampus, too, so... <laughs> yeah. No, no he, didn't. he did not like it. You have to review that episode. Um, but yeah, they later once they have the whale, it's like, yeah, well, let's just fucking get rid of it. <laughs> it's dead. I can't get any money off of this, so let's just try to cut it loose. And Novak is the first victim of the orca <laughs> when he goes out there. And he's like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Let's fucking cut it loose. Well. You guys they were actually about. taking it back because he probably could have used it for something. You know, he could have sold the meat or the carcass and whatnot. But you had the problem of the male was ramming the oh, boat. Yeah. You know, yep. the, the male wanted the fucking wanted its mate, wanted revenge already. Like this is this is yeah. it right off the bat. And of course, you have Paul who shows up on the boat and he's one of their helpers and he's like, uh, "It's not. Uh, we're not hitting something. It's hitting us." And it's like, "Well, no shit." You know all this shit about the whale. Like, it's not going to give up. It's going to want its fucking mate back. Let's just fucking cut it loose. Novak, you do it. I don't want to do it. Well, the best, too, is it's still alive, they're saying. They're like, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know how, but it's yeah. breathing. Because <laughs> they didn't shoot it, right, when they, they caught it. Like, they didn't put it out of his misery. They just kept it. No, they strung it up, and that's it. I think they assumed that it was dead after it fucking 
performed a C-section on the fucking propeller. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they get to the village, and you have Annie, played by Bo Derek, who that broke her leg on the boat. So Annie's there. Yeah, not, the, not that one. No, this one. This is a great village. <laughs> I love that you have no one <laughs> in his crew going to the to, going to the island or the village to kind of just rest for a little while and recuperate and, and figure out what to do next. Um, and you still have the male orca pushing the dead body of its mate to shore oh. with all the members behind it. Like, we're going to push it to the shore, and we're going to show that this shit happened. And, of course, no one's like, uh, I don't know, shit happened. Wow, that's okay. weird, right? Right? <laughs> I love no one. He's like, yeah, that, that, that's some shit right there. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't do it. Like, and no, then, see, I feel what, like Nolan regretted what happened. And oh, yeah. honestly, like well, we at this that. point, I really don't think he would have continued any of this if it wasn't for the fact that now we've got, you know, Charlotte Rampling and our newly introduced, because uh, every whale movie needs a Native American character to sit there and kind of tell you the Malak. spirits and, and, and uh, uh. all the, the fucking history of whales and, and human <laughs> yeah. humanity. Um, so, you know, the, they start kind of going at him, you know, and I think that pisses him off, which is now why he's kind of like, you know what, fuck you. You know what, yeah, I did end up doing this, you know. He didn't want to hurt yeah. the fucking thing, you know. He fucked no. up. Well, that's a good point that you bring up because I like the character of Al Swain, who is kind of like the boatmaster of the island. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, so no one, you wouldn't know anything about this, would you? And he goes, no, uh, no, can't say I do. And he's like, oh, good, because <laughs> if you did do that, that would mean that our fish supply is going to run out because the villagers are worried about an orca whale. And he's like, well, that's fucked up because I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And Al's like, are you sure? Because he seemed kind of guilty. He's like, nope, nope. I'm going to go to the house. Uh, take care, Al. Uh, by the way, that's my fucking boat. Now, and they do. But then because, <laughs> because they're Canadians, they're going to be like, all right, we'll fix your boat, but we're still really upset with you. We're not going to kick <laughs> okay. your ass or anything, but we're really upset, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Just get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And that's why I love the one scene. Uh, I think it was the next day where the, the male orchid comes back and starts fucking up all their boats and putting his head to the boats and sinking them. And like, you have a scene with Nolan where he puts his hands in his pockets and he's like, like whistling, like walking backwards. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. What's happening? I'm going to get in my boat. Cause that's probably what I'm going to do. Like, you know, trying to absolve himself of all responsibility while the villagers like my wifehood. Oh no. Like, you know, he's like, Oh, that's crazy. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy as a whale here, right, guys? Wait, the fuck here, whale what a beer. Like, he's still not fully acknowledging that he yeah. should take responsibility until you have Umalak saying, do the right thing, kill the whale. And he's like, I don't want to kill it. You do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I just want to bang this doctor. Like, can I do that, please? Like, can you just fucking kill the whale? <laughs> Like, we also no have him dealing with his own inner demon, you know, we get that quick flash mm-hmm. of seeing like a car like flip over or something and oh know, he's God. thinking about the yeah. whale, he's hearing the whale scream and and yeah, you know like the, the, the whole fact that this whale is just, you know, not only is it going after him, but like 
the fact that the whale takes out the boats knowing that the people are going to revolt against this guy as opposed yeah, to the fucking yep. people just being like, you know what, why don't we just kill the fucking whale? <laughs> I know. That, too, I'm glad that you oh, brought Oh, because all their boats cool. are destroyed. I guess they can't. The, uh, the one scene of the orca whale where no one's watching it, kind of doing these free willy fucking moves in the water. There's like oh, jumping up geez. in the water. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, That's... they have a flash cut of a car. I'm like, is it telekinetic? Can it kill fucking cars now, too? <laughs> like, it makes it happen. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, it, it can do that? I was like, this whale's fucking impressive. Like, and something to capture it. And they always like, use yeah. the same... I took it as they were using the same shot and they were overlaying it whenever they felt like it in the scene. Mm-hmm. Because it made no sense oh. to show the car crash. Like, That's the only scene that you get of it. Is when he's looking no. at the whale and all of a sudden it's a car crash. Like, what? No, he, no, the whale does the whole flip thing lots of times in the movie. No, I'm talking about the shot of the car crash. Oh, 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 oh. That's the only yeah. time that you get it in the movie. And I'm like, did he make a car crash? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is he crashing the cars now? <laughs> you know, but because you don't get the backstory yet of why that car crashes in the movie until later. But I was like, that's a weird insert to put in this movie. Threw me the fuck off. <laughs> you know? Again, part, part of this story that I, I had no recollection about whatsoever. I, you know, when I, like if you were to ask me what Orca was about, I would have told you it was about a whale that fucking, you know, his family got killed by some dude, and that was it. That, that, that dude had no story whatsoever other than he was just a fucking fisherman. I, not, I could not have told you about his guilty feelings and his problems right. and all that shit. <laughs> Because I felt like it was so out of place. I mean, we'll get there because I want to talk about that as a side. But, yeah, to see him in this village and watching the whale jump around Free Willy style, then all of a sudden having a car crash, I'm like, okay, that's going to play into some part of this movie, I hope. Like, maybe. Because <laughs> we need some backstory on this. You know, we, we need to find out what's going on with this, with this car crash. And the fact that no one still doesn't want to accept responsibility. I mean, he'll make a sick-ass fucking scarecrow. I guess to, to distract the, the whale, but he won't accept responsibility yet. I love the fact that he thought that was going to distract the whale. No, yeah, no, it's fine. I'll put a hat on it. It'll think it's me. That's what it was. Like. I didn't even know how to take that whole thing because, you know, you got him with the gun. You know, you got mm-hmm. her coming out here, and she's like, you know, you were just going to shoot it like a coward, and the whale, you know, the whale knows better. It's not going to come here. And then he's like, well, you know what? I was going to shoot it, but then I realized that I wasn't going to shoot it. I was going to apologize to it. Like, and, you know, it was just like, well, what was he going to really do? Like, with this character, <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to go one way or the other. Like, this movie needed a scene of him, like, yelling at the whale, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, seriously, my bad. Didn't mean it. Okay, we cool? All right? Like, here's a bottle of whiskey. I'm throwing it out to you. That's my apology. Let's just be friends. <laughs> like, nothing. And, you know, he's like, no, I'm, I'm just sorry. Yeah, I'm going to tell the whale I'm sorry. It'll be cool. The villagers will accept me. They'll think I'm a hero. Like, it'll be fine. No, you have a whale destroying their fucking gas lines. <laughs> These poor villagers. I fucking like, you know, love this scene. Yes. Not just yeah. the gas line, but somehow <laughs> this whale was so smart that he knew that by destroying that thing and then sh- he knows what fire is. 
A creature that lives in the <laughs> ocean knows what fire is. It knows that if he knocks that lantern down, it's going to ignite a blaze yep. that is then going to continue <laughs> its way the entire fucking mountain that is there and Love blow it. up the entire fucking depository of fuel for this town. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And I just, again, because I love the manager shit, it's like I just loved the, the whole refinery because it looked like um, a bad guy hideout from an, an old James Bond movie. Yeah. Just yep. pulling up mm-hmm. over the <laughs> And then we get yeah. another free Willy Fuck You flip <laughs> while yeah. everything's burning. <laughs> the weird, like, twist that this open makes, I mean, this well makes. I was waiting for it to pop up with a sign saying, I'm going to fucking kill you, and just start dragging a knife across his throat. <laughs> <laughs> like, where was that scene? <laughs> no one, you're dead, and just start dragging a knife across his throat. <laughs> but, you know, that was just short of what this whale did by destroying <laughs> can, the fuel lines can, of this town. It could do the Robert De Niro thing from, like, Meet the Fockers or whatever, you know, when it's like, you know, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just putting it thin up to his eyes and just pointing at no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like that's just short of what this whale should have done. Because they do have shots of the whale in the water just looking at him like, Yeah, I'm fucking coming yeah. for you, man. And he's like, Whoa, well, yeah. me? Yeah, we I just do? had all those we had all those close ups of the, the the whale's eye, you know, and I think a couple times they had the image of Nolan oh, burned into him or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that you have uh Rachel Belford coming to talk to him. And he's drinking, and he's like, well, why don't you come over to my, uh, you know, my house later? You know, we'll, we'll talk, and we'll hang out, maybe. You know, and she's like, maybe. And then the fucking whale's like, fuck you, Nolan. And fucking just starts destroying the village. And she's like, yeah, I'm not horny for you anymore. He's like, damn you, whale. I could have been having sex. Got cock blocked yeah, I mean, it's, it's a total cock blocking whale, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And even though, you know, even Swain is like, can you just get the fuck out of here now? <laughs> we now have no gas. Thanks. <clears throat> can you please leave? Is think I'll stay for a couple of days. I'm not quite ready to go yet. I think I'll hang yeah. out because Annie needs to well, heal and and Paul needs to be around too. No, they yeah, they actually I mean, start you know, to try and cut out of town. Obviously afraid. I mean, Annie's just got a fucking cast on her leg, you know? Like, not, Well, I guess the whole yeah. idea is that I guess she can't be on the boat. That, that's the big thing. It's not like they have vehicles other than that boat to leave what? on for them in particular. Um, but this is where, as a kid, my, my loyalties flipped because I had <laughs> such a crush on Annie that when the <laughs> whale fucking takes her leg... I was like, you know what, Whale? You went too far. That's too much. You hurt this poor, beautiful, innocent little girl. And, dude, I wanted to bang her, man. Yeah. And that's why I do love that scene when uh, no one goes running into the, the little house that they're living in with Paul. And he's like, Paul, where are you? Oh, you're fucking. Okay, sorry. My bad. I'll walk out. I didn't see anything. <laughs> I was like, why is this scene in there? Like, you don't even get to see her tits. They're just kind of kissing in bed. He's like, oh, shit, sorry. Hey, listen, I didn't see anything. You guys got to I'll be right outside the door. It's a horror movie. You got to show just some little bit of cheekiness going on. Just, I felt like it was out of place. Like, I was like, you know, the fact that he walks in, he's like, whoops. Like, he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was mad or anything like that. He's just like, yeah, 
And then they cut to a different scene. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Obviously, no one cut. Because at that time in movies, like at the 70s, you always, everyone was trying to throw in those little moments of cheekiness where, like, just a little flash of nudity, a little flash of sex, you know, just to put it in there, you know. Um, same thing with Animal House. That's why you had everyone walk around with those mooning scenes is because they were just trying to be silly. But, yeah, yeah, everyone was showing a little bit of flesh. It just felt weird. Yeah, like all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with it. I feel like this was one of those where, like, you know, obviously, could it have gone full exploitation? Yes, it could have. Mm-hmm. This is the 70s. You know, this wasn't the movie they were trying to make. Dawn, uh, Dawn I was going to say, Dawn of the Dead didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> okay. Dawn Jaws Yorka. didn't do it, and they weren't going there either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it was fine. It just it felt, like, so weird <laughs> to have this scene where he runs into the room, and he's like, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> runs back out. You know, and it's like, I'll, I'll just, I'll go talk to Belford. Yeah, 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 because she doesn't want my dick. So I'll go talk to her about fucking whales and how uh, apparently my wife and child were killed by a drunk driver. So now I totally get what the whales coming for me for. Get it. And ca- like, and that's Captain why they caused ca- the car crash. <sighs> and Captain America knew about it the whole time. He did. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop it. And he didn't. Dick. Steve Rogers. He, he could have told Nolan at any time. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, like I said, I, I know that the ghoul kind of touched on it. I felt like you don't need to have this in this movie, where it's giving him the moment where he talks to Belford, where he empathizes with the whale, where he's like, yeah, my, uh, my wife and daughter were killed in a car crash. So, yeah, I get why the whale's coming for me now. Just, uh, you're giving me too much to sympathize with this character who I, don't, I shouldn't like. I should want the whale to fucking kill it. Well, again, though, this is where it's taken those beats from Jaws, you know, and Jaws, the Quint character, you know, Mm -hmm. was, as a kid, you know, I'd never liked Quint. It wasn't until I got older and started to really understand his motivations, and you hear the story of the Annapolis, and, you know, why he actually disliked sharks the way he did, you know, so that, as I got older, turned me towards liking him. Um, so, you know, I think that's just what they were going with here. You know, they had to give you a, a reason to like them. Yeah, and I, I just felt like, and we'll get to it in a little bit, I felt like they took no one's character and they made him a little bit more darker towards the end, where he becomes more like Ahab than yes. Quint was. Yes. Like, Quint just fucking hated sharks, you know, and he didn't have any problem killing them. And where I feel like no one, they turned him into Ahab. Like, yeah. where he was just dead set on killing this fucking thing. Yeah, to yeah, where no, he felt like he, he was in the same mindset as the whale and was going specifically after just the one whale. Right. Yeah, cool, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, that, that is the other major source, obviously, you know, for this this film, which was something I never, you know, again, I hadn't read Moby Dick. Yeah. When I saw this as a kid, but yeah, later later on, seeing it now, it's like, yeah, wow, this is Moby Dick. It is, yeah. It definitely takes that turn. Uh, especially when you have uh, no one getting the phone call from Al Swain, who's like, you need to get out of here. Like, just fucking deal with this whale, get out of town. And you have no one coming up with a plan for Paul to gas up the truck, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, yeah, we don't have any gas for you. 
you need this to fucking leave. Like, you're not leaving by truck. You're getting on your fucking boat and you're killing the whale. Like, that's it. Like, we don't care. Just kill the whale. Like, you know, just do what you have to do. You know, Umalak saying, I'll join you. I know all about whales. Fucking epic fail by Umalak, who I, by the <laughs> end of the movie, I wanted him to die because I'm like, what the fuck are you here for? Like, you've done nothing. Like, you've just fucking been along for the ride. He, he took over. He took. He took over. Road Derek's character on the crew is sometimes steer the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like the ghoul had said, you get the scene of Bo Derek and the 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 house that uh, is occupied by no one and Paul, and you have the male whale going after the house and tipping it over. I thought that was a great set piece for the movie. You know, practical effect wise. You know, showing this house tipping into the water, and you have Bo Derek gripping for dear life. Worried that she's going to fall into the water and get killed by the whale. Instead, it just takes off the cast. So, not to worry about it anymore. Her leg. Yeah. Yep. Her leg, her leg well, was in the cast. But her leg just snaps. It's not like there's a bite or anything like that. Because no, this bites it off. Because this is one thing I was going to go back on, is that the practical effects that they did for all of the whale stuff, uh, you know, yeah. I fucking loved and found it that they did a great job. Um, yeah, really great. yeah, in fact, I, like, I did research on this and found out that while they were carrying their props of the whales to the scenes mm-hmm. where they were going to shoot, um, they actually had animal protesters stopping them and right. trying to pull them over and stuff because, <laughs> yeah. again, everything looked so realistic. They thought that they were transporting real whales <laughs> via land. Well, the one thing what? that they did do is they did intercut, you know, real whales. Yeah, um, yeah they I did. guess were filmed from like documentaries or whatever. You can always tell because of the way their dorsal fins are. Um, whales yeah. in captivity are the ones that have the curved dorsal fins that are like curved to the left or the right, whereas yeah. you know, naturalized ones that are in the ocean are, are straight up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those two, but those two, those two were uh, shot in um, from an aquarium in Canada. Mm-hmm. But they blended it really gonna... well together. Sometimes there were times yeah. where, like, they'd show the shot <laughs> yeah. of the whale that you know was was the the killer whale, and it was you know a fully curved fin, and then the next shot was yeah. like him, and it was straight up, and it was like, okay, that just doesn't make sense anymore. That's not even the same fucking whale. And then other times you could just no. you could just so clearly see that it was like <laughs> yeah. there was one scene where you saw the dorsal fin up. I think it was the scene where he's pushing the carcass, and just oh, you yeah. see yeah. all the bubbles and the water big. churning around the whale. <laughs> yeah. So you just know that it's not real. It's like a little mini sub or like mm. people kicking. I don't know what the fuck or how they did it, man. He's got little bubble eyes where you can tell it's like a blow up fucking whale. Like, yeah, you can just tell, you know, but yeah, after Annie gets her leg bitten off, like worst death scene in the world, because she goes, ah, it just collapses and dies. She doesn't die. She doesn't (laughs) die. That's the thing. I don't understand how she doesn't die, but she doesn't. You get a drop. You never find out for sure. But what you get later is a dropped line where he says, you know, I've got one crew member who's maimed for the rest of her life. Okay, all right. So, all right. So she's yeah. It looked like it was a death scene to me when she just collapsed. What, I assume that as well. But no, yeah. she is uh, she is quite alive. And I guess what you see real quick somehow while she was still hanging 
from the side of the, the side of the house. It looks like they <laughs> threw like a quick tourniquet or something around the yep. casted leg that had been cut. Okay, yeah, I didn't off. catch that. So yeah, I just thought it was just you know real quick. She said because then you have no one shaking. It's just going fuck you whale, fuck you whale. But I lo- but I love the shot of the. You know, the whale swimming away with the leg what in the its cat ass. Leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because this is, the, like I said, we had talked about Ahab, and I feel like that's his turn as Captain Ahab hunting down. Absolutely. When he goes in the boat, and he's like, we're going to fucking get this thing. Like, I'm out of here. Let's go with Umalak, and we have, you know, Belford with us, and we have Paul and Ken. Fucking Ken, I'm like, yeah, you're a throwaway character, Ken. Like, you're going to die at some point. <laughs> And fucking he does, you know, where the whale just jumps up and just, you know, grabs him by the midsection. He's like, fuck you guys. I'll see you. Landa, landa, landa. 84. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Out of this which, of course, which, of course, this movie made me feel like watching Revenge of the Nerds. And what mm-hmm. I ended up finding out was that Revenge of the Nerds is not available on Xbox at all. You cannot wow. get the original Revenge. They have all the sequels. They don't oh, have the but original. not the original. That sucks. Wow. That really sucks. I thought the first one was, was the best qu- one. Quite disappointed. Oh, absolutely. The first one's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, like you said, we've got Nolan sailing out in port. He's there, you know, on, on the the front mast there, look, looking badass, all wrapped up in his pea coat, not looking at anyone. And you have everyone yeah. on the wall, on both sides of the wall. Uh, of the city, just making sure that he's actually fucking leaving. Oh yeah, yeah. He makes a point. You know, he's going out there and he's going to hunt down this whale. And there's no like cheering section. They're just like, just fucking do it. Like, stop fucking making a big thing out of this. Just go fucking kill the whale. <laughs> no, I thought they were making sure he was. No, I thought they were making sure he fucking left. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they weren't like, yeah, he's going to kill the whale. They're like, get the fuck out of here and don't come back till you kill that whale. Like, you know, that was it. Um, I wanted to, when they were showing Swain or whatever his name was, man, all I wanted to see as they were pulling past him was him give them the finger. You know, just, <laughs> yep. you know, just as they're all looking at him all serious and shit, like just seeing him just slowly put that arm up, like looking like he's going to wave and then slowly just turning the hand and giving the middle finger, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Nolan. Look what you did, asshole. Exactly. It would have been great, and I kind of wish they had did that, you know, rather than him just kind of just watching as they left. Um, you know, and we get the the kind of breakdown of Nolan, where, yeah, like the monkey had said, he's wearing a pea coat with the hood. You know, he hasn't slept, and all he cares about is fucking hunting this whale. Uh, Paul, one of the last surviving members of his crew, He's trying to secure the lifeboat, and he's like, oh, no, fuck that lifeboat. you got to fucking kill this whale. And he's like, yeah, well, we should have the lifeboat just in case, right? And he's like, no, fuck you. No, fuck the lifeboat. We're fucking killing this whale right now. And poor Paul has to fucking die. And I was like, I felt like Paul was the only character. I'm like, yeah, don't die, because you seem kind of cool. Well, like, you're, all you're he was trying bit. to tell him was that the lifeboat was safer on the boat. Because yeah. he was trying to put the lifeboat into the water so that if the boat went down, they'd be able to use the lifeboat. But the problem is, you know, we do know that this whale took out the entire fucking, sh- you know, the whole town's fleet of <laughs> yeah. ships 
yeah. as well as the entire fucking yeah. gas refinery. So you put that boat in the water, <laughs> yeah. the fucking boat, the boat's yeah. going down, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but, you know, the, at this the, point, you know, no one's lost it. Like, he's not with it anymore. Like, he just wants to kill this whale. So any kind of common sense is out the window at this point. Like, you can't reason with the guy anymore. And that's why Umalak is trying to calm him down saying, go to bed. Like, go to sleep. We're going to get this well, whale. Umalak's don't worry about it. But Umalak's agreeing with Nolan. You know, don't put the fucking... Like, Nolan, as much as he might have been losing it and whatnot, Paul is the one that's fucking, like, really out there at this point because he's yeah. making a de- poor decision. Um, but, you know, what I feel like the movie does poorly mm-hmm. is show what the passage of time is here. Okay, you really get, you know, you get like one quick drop line about like, oh, well, can, you know, because he's reading the whale and dolphins book, which looks like it's something you pulled out of the children's section of the fucking library. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's yeah. this tiny little book with like a big picture it's of a fucking picture of a dolphins whale. on the cover. Um, <laughs> but he's talking about how like, you know, a whale can follow somebody up to like two weeks or whatever it is, or lead a whatever it's victim out for like two weeks or some shit yeah. and like yeah like I don't know I never felt like they ever really established like how long are they out there you know with Jaws at least you got a feeling of the time progression and you know you watch as the the characters interact and you see slow periods and, and periods of them doing stuff um, this they, they didn't do that you know they definitely failed yeah, they, in a lot of ways and that's a common complaint that we have I think with a lot of these movies especially when there's a period of time. Like, they never really properly show you how long it took. You know, is it a week? Is it a couple of days? Is it a month? Like, they don't really show you how long it takes. They just show you that they're going into, like, the Arctic because there's icebergs around and, and there's all this, you know, shit around them that's ice. So it's like, obviously, they're, they're miles away from the village. You know, yeah, well, they were in Newfoundland. Place. So, you know, you got to assume <laughs> yeah. they're obviously going north and... I don't know. I guess if you yeah. pulled out a map, you'd be able to figure it out. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't want to pull out a fucking map to watch a movie, you know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't want to do that much research. I'm good. I just want to watch the movie. Um, do you think that Umlak was right in kind of pulling the gun on Nolan and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the captain now? <laughs> kind of like a Captain Phillips thing. Like, no, and now we have mutiny on the bounty. See? See, it's another fucking bad <laughs> naval. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you think he was right in doing that? Because I kind of agree with Umalak. Like, yeah, I'm taking over now. Like, you're you're done. Like, you've lost it. I can't stand his name. I just think of fucking baby formula every time you say it. <laughs> you know, I, know, I, I know that's I know that's Simulac, but you know, just Umalak. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like something you take if you got bad diarrhea. So, oh <laughs> yeah. man, what? where's the fucking Umalac? Wasn't that a character from Thunder of the Barbarian? I don't know if I consider him right or not. I mean, you know, he seems to like flip flop in the course of like one day mm-hmm. with the way they showed the the time frame. Here, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like w- one minute he's supporting Nolan, thinking Nolan's doing the right thing. The next he's like, "No, I'm taking over this fucking boat. We're turning around and going home." Even though they clearly also said, you know, like you know, with just a couple minutes earlier in the film that they don't have enough fuel to even make it. So yeah. Especially yeah, because so Umalak is supposed to be the whale expert. Like, he's supposed to know about this shit. All of a sudden, he's like, no, we're fucking going home. Like, what? No, he's not I mean, He's, he's just, not the whale expert. He's the fucking spiritual Native American character. 
Well, he yeah. said he knew all about this whale and how to take care of it. So, no, he knew about he whales and the and the no and what the ghoul was saying about spirituality of the you know um, Indian beliefs behind the whale spirits and stuff like that. Which they don't even really give you much of that. We we get like the little bits and pieces of what he tell, talks about. Like I I know what my father's father did when he <laughs> spoke to my uncle's cousin one time, who had a friend who knew somebody and, else whose tribe came across this whale one time. And 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 we would make a bag and piss on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. They would make a water. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to rewind that scene just so I heard it right. I was like, did he just say that? Like, no, he did. <laughs> the ghoul girl turned around. She goes, did he just say make piss water on it? Yes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, he, yeah, he just said that. <laughs> you know, but, he went you there, know, he went with the piss water. Yeah. But trying to lead, like the, the monkey had said, the mutiny, where it's like, yeah, we're going home. You know, it's obviously it's done. You're not going to catch this whale. You know, that's it. And pulling the gun and no one. And all of a sudden, Dr. Belford's like, what's happening? Like, yeah, I'm pulling a gun. Better deal with it, bitch. <laughs> and and meanwhile, meanwhile, a giant fake <laughs> iceberg is coming right the at The fakest him. set ever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where this set came from. I think this is the same set that they used in Superman. <laughs> that could be true. This is the Fortress of Solitude. Oh. Which also explains why the whale, when it hit the fucking shark, why the shark went flying, because it had come into contact with some of the fucking Krypton crystals. They were both Paramount movies. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's a horribly fake looking, you know, ice set with uh, Umalak ultimately getting killed by an avalanche. Where he's like, no, oh, and then oh, you have all the ice falling oh. on him. Like, okay. Yes, the, the ice, yes, the ice, the ice, all right, which, you know, looks like someone ripped up a bunch of styrofoam coolers and threw them on top of yeah. his head. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I love that they showed his hand. I'm like, I wish it was in a thumbs up position. <laughs> they showed his hand. Like, I'm the good. middle finger thumbs up. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Middle finger, thumbs up. It would have been great. But it leads to the ultimate showdown between Nolan and the and the Orca whale, you know, oh on this uh, set of ice, where he gets separated from Belford, and he's on this gigantic fake looking styrofoam ice set piece, and the whale's just tipping it to him. I'm like, oh my god, this is like I loved it though. The whale when it comes up on that fucking piece of ice and just tipping it down, so that yeah. he has no uh, choice but to fall in the water. It breaks it away, and you know, like he uh, he could have made the jump, but decided oh, not yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Easily could have made it. Oh, to get Alfred. And that whole tipping up thing—it just while watching is like it reminded me of a specific game that you have back back for the Wii that would be for the Wii balance board <laughs> and shit like that, where you would have to juggle on a big-ass iceberg like this and tip up penguins and catch fish and shit like that. And it was the exact same fucking thing. And it's just... <laughs> this it was, just, it was though, fun it was to just see him grabbing me. onto the ice as the whale's tipping it. And you have <laughs> Belfer going, oh, no, oh, no. Like, you know, like a damsel in distress watching yes. this whole fucking thing go down. When he lands in the water and you have the orca whale kind of swimming around him, 
I love it. It's not like the, it's not like the orca whale bit into him. It didn't, you know, bite into his head or anything like that. No, it fucking whipped him with his fucking tail. It straight up flung him. Ever. Yeah, it was it great. It didn't bite him. It, it, it didn't launched chew on him, him up no, in the air. Flung him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, him into I the think it would have hit him like the shark <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that it was so tired from yeah. going for as oh, long yeah. as however long they were traveling for, you know? Well, again, mm. like you said, there's no passage of time to tell you how long they've been traveling. So the fact could that have been months. Like, yeah, got him on my tail, flip him, and he flies into the ice. He's like, well, you know what? Now I'm going to go to Hogwarts. I got a new job. You know, so. <laughs> I'll see you, Harry. As <laughs> he falls into the water, you know, in the weird kind of cross position that he is with his arms held out, going into the water with Belford. Going, oh, what am I going to do now? That's okay. There's a helicopter. The fuck does helicopter come from? Like, that's you know, because, I know well, they, the West, but that was bad. That's because Umalak did one thing. He did, Umalak did one right thing. Cool. <laughs> he, he put through the SOS. He put up the smoke signals. He should have been making smoke signals on the back of the yeah, you know. <laughs> It's a shame thing, you know. Because meanwhile, he's going to go and solve the Reverend Kane problem in Poltergeist 2, so he's out of this movie. But it's just the fact that he called the SOS in, and I'm like, well, that was quick. All of a sudden, the helicopter's in the air. <laughs> yeah. Because, I would rather she wait on that fucking piece of ice and not have anybody coming for her for quite some time. Because they only were actually gone for like 30 minutes. They just got really thick in ice. <laughs> really quick. <that's laughs> <I know. laughs> you can see the village from where they are. <laughs> it's great. Everyone in the village is watching with binoculars. <laughs> you look over the horizon, there's the village. We could still see you. <laughs> meanwhile, there meanwhile, everybody in the village is watching them, saying, "Holy shit, Umalak gave them some strong fucking mushrooms, man. These motherfuckers yeah, actually yeah. believe this whale is coming after them." Umalak took them some shit. <laughs> you know, it was just how fast that helicopter came in. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, he literally just called SOS two minutes ago. How fast are they up in the air? And coming it to needed the, Belford from the Silicon Island. It needed the Baywatch theme song. That's what it needed. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Hasselhoff winning in a helicopter. No, no, We're it got there. No, it got there fast because you actually had Roy Scheider from Jaws flying Blue Thunder, and that's how it got there so fast. Wow, we're gonna connect it all. Wow, and that's <laughs> what this movie is missing. You know, for as much as I enjoy this movie, and I do, I, you know what, I, I was worried, I was worried that I was going to come back into this film with, you know, looking at it with my, my sensibilities of today and be like, wow, you know, I really had bad taste as a kid. Um, I, you know what, and I did, I had bad taste as a kid. There's a lot of films that I really enjoyed that are probably terrible fucking movies. Uh, this one is for me, it's bad in a lot of the right ways. I still really enjoy it, but what it is missing, I feel like is the, the Roy Scheider character, the likable mm. character, you know, the Matt yeah. Hooper, who was also a likable character. Um, mm. 
you know, so, and those I think are important things for, you know, any film. I mean, you need something not only relatable, but you kind of want, you, you want somebody to not die, you know, and even Belford, I would have yeah. had no problem if she fucking died, oh, yeah. man, you know, yeah. like at all, because <laughs> I, I felt like she was almost as sinful as every other character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said about Jaws. I've always been a Quint fan. I know that you said you have problems with Quint, and then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, it's not so bad. Even as a kid, I love Quint. Because Quint was only a grumpy the money. fuck. He fucking drank like a fucking champ, crushing those Narragansett cans. <laughs> you know, and he only had one fucking plan in mind. And also, the, their boat was called Orca in Jaws. Yes, yes. So there. Another reference, but yeah, it's just that Quint was just—he was honest. Like he only had one goal in mind: get money, fucking kill the shark, go home, drink beer. Like that's it. That's all he wanted to do. You know, he was a mercenary. That's why I always like that character. Nolan is a fucking drunk who they give a backstory to that doesn't really matter. <laughs> At least well, to me, anyway. Well, that's because this movie happens to like I—I I took it as. Him develop, developing into, you know, especially as we travel nor- more and more north, into more and more of a Captain Ahab character, where it's like, you know, he's on the hunt, he's there. This isn't about, like, Roy Scheider's character in Jaws, where he's a protector of the innocent. You know, th- this is just a dude that's, you know, insane and on a personal vendetta mission. Mm-hmm. So the vendetta wasn't even different. his. The vendetta was the whale. You know how you solve that? <laughs> yeah. You go fucking more inland. You know? Yeah. Last time yep. I checked, whales, as much as they might breathe air and when their fucking fetuses have fingers, you know, they, they haven't developed the ability to walk yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you get the shots at the end of the whale going underneath the ice as the helicopter comes up, do you feel like it's more of the whale kind of succumbing to what happened? Because it got its revenge and now it has no choice but to go underneath the ice? Or do you feel like it's like the female did earlier in killing itself on the boat? No, I feel like go the ahead, whale go. was just swimming away. I feel like it was the whale on the ice, though. I don't think it lived. Because he's, I think it died. He's a fucking whale. He needs to I breathe. The That's why he's got to bang on the ice. Because yeah. he was trying to get out. Like To me, I think the whale dies. I think the whale got its revenge... But now it's trapped underneath that ice that it can't bang itself out of because it's so thick. So that's the way I took it, though. I mean, I guess it's debatable. And, and I've read those theories as well, but I just took the final sequence as like a very Dino De Laurentiis moment of the film where we're going to be artsy and, you know, weird and whatnot and have this weird ass scene come out of fucking nowhere. Because that's what we do <laughs> yeah. when we do, because that's what the Italians do when they <laughs> finish a movie. Is have yeah, a we're gonna have like a weird this. fucking woman singing about fucking orchids. Orca, yeah, dude, that fucking song. That song came up, and again, talk about something I had no memory of. I started <laughs> fucking like hysterically laughing to the point that I almost <laughs> yeah. had fucking tears coming from my eyes. Yeah. I just, I was like, wow, it was like, so what the bizarre. fuck am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. As you watch this well, some way, you get this weird fucking woman singing about orchids. <laughs> you know, like, weird fucking way to end it. 
Well, I feel <laughs> you know, like but... this was the love song that the whales were singing to each other at the beginning. I feel like this woman listened to a bunch of whale sounds and came up with, like, lyrics about <laughs> what the fucking whales are saying to one another, you know? Like, I'm with you forever, and, uh, like, this and that. I'm like, oh. holy fuck, man. Like, or, what drugs man. were they fucking taking, man? So, so this was a song that Rachel Bedford wrote after listening to the whale song and wrote it about the whales for the whales. Is that what you're saying? Mm. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. She was all part of Green I mean, she, de- she didn't sing it for Nolan, who I don't think she bangs. I don't know. I didn't take that either because I thought it was too cold to be banging. Even though, even no, though it was that, too that's cold. That's when you still... bang. Yeah. No, but... We still had those things, scenes, though, where everyone was cuddled up, but her was only wearing, like, a couple layers when she was sleeping. Like, she was just mm-hmm. wearing loose-ass T-shirts and shit like that. Yeah, she said, come here, let me warm you with my dress. vagina. Like, when she was laying with uh, Nolan and he was listening to the whale sounds, like, she was wearing this weird, like, you know, uh, strapless dress for some reason. I'm like, what is yeah. that? I was like, why, why are you wearing that? Like, are you guys going to fuck now? Like, that would be nice. Like, you know, that would be a nice cutaway. You know, but no, they, well, yeah, they don't do it. Although she does try to keep him warm at one point. Come, I'll keep you warm. Like, oh, they're going to fuck now. No, they don't. I'm like, come on. No. See, but again, if you're going to try and keep someone warm, you got to get them out of those cold fucking clothes. Because me, if you come in from Arctic temperatures and they'd be like, I'm going to warm you, but then you sit there and curl up next to me and sit covered in ice, I'm going to kick you the fuck out of bed. Real fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't care how fucking crazy you are. I'm kicking the fuck out of bed. takes no prisoners. <laughs> yeah. But Orca, you know, ultimately I think is a good pick. Um, you know, it's a fun movie. It was set during the 70s when a lot of people were trying to capitalize on Jaws and make their own uh, you know, killer C movies, you know, because we get, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Piranha 2, the spawning James alligator. movie that came out of there. Alligator, a lot of uh, killer fish, a lot of, you know, killer, you know, sea creatures. So to me, I think it's a movie that people, if you want to have a good time and just waste an hour and a half, you know, Orca is a great fucking manatee. Not good Jaws. I mean, that, 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 that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's better than Jaws 4. Sorry, monkey, but it is. I will take no, that no, to the grave. <laughs> All right. Um, I wish I had watched this with my wife, who is, you know, again, vegan, just to get her opinion about, you know, how she felt about, you know, the, <laughs> the whale wanting to get revenge on the humans and shit like that. <laughs> and and well, I should have been shit. No, like, the whale the entire time. But fuck you, yeah, whale. <laughs> fuck you, people. <laughs> <laughs> she would have had the see, fucking orca t-shirt on had a fucking see, pennant I, waving I, in the air orca orca a, a little hat with a big ass dorsal fit on the top yeah I know yeah. Uh, fuck you free willy wins <laughs> you know in the end um, but yeah so next week the doc is planning and coming back with us to bring in the new year 2019 because this is the final episode of 2018 uh, so he is coming back to review a movie that he wanted to bring up on the show before he had to bow out, uh, Hereditary, 2018, which was uh, the talk of the town for a lot of horror fans in 2018. So we are going to go into 2019 talking about that movie. Looking forward to it. So, Monkey, if you'd like to do your sign-off, please. 
I'm the Mad Monkey, <laughs> saying thank you for listening at your computers and at home. Thank you for listening to our fun-filled, fright-filled episode and letting me come in your ear. Tapioca. It's pretty nasty. And I didn't mean to cut you off, cool. What were you going to say before I had uh, Monkey do a sign-off? Oh, uh, no, 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 nothing at all, man. I had nothing to say. Okay, great. All right, so why don't you hit us with that beautiful plug that you always hit us with that I look forward to every episode. Well, you know, uh, Christmas has come like the monkey, and Christmas is gone. But, uh, guys, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, motherfuckers. Um, so why don't you find your, your lady friend something nice on Bonfire Bee Designs. Uh, check out her Etsy page. She's got all kinds of killer jewelry out there that your lady, your man, I mean, if you want to give it to a pet, but it's probably a choking hazard. Um, but, but whatever you'd like to hang, you want to stick it to your nipple, go right ahead. We are not recommending you do that, but, you know, obviously people do weird fucking things all the time, like watch Orca. Um, but yes, go to Bonfire Bee Designs. Designs, uh, all one word, on Etsy, and yes, she is working hard, because we've got Valentine's Day around the corner, we got the New Jersey Horicon coming up, and, uh, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, maybe she'll work on some killer orca stuff, if you so desire, you know, for your lady or your man, you know, she'll make you a Captain Nolan pin. That would be a personal request, but yes, if, if you put that in, I'm sure <laughs> she will work very hard to find that for you. And, and she does do custom, and, and and does and does she do custom work? For yes, she does. School? All right, uh, so remember for, that. Keep in mind, she does do commission work, people. <laughs> yes, okay, there you go. Excellent. All right, so. Uh, once again, happy birthday, Ghoul. I know it's tomorrow, but we're celebrating a little early. Uh, happy you know, birthday, Ghoul. Yeah, I'm an hour away, man. One more, uh, hour, one more hour of being 40, and uh, then it's on to the big 4-1. The big 4-1, here we come. Uh, thank you so much once again for joining us. Ghoul, why don't you hit us with that catchphrase that you do every episode as we close out. Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. And from all of us here at Talking Terror, we wish you a very happy, bloody new year. And we'll see you next time in 2019. Let's do it. Hereditary next week. Boosh.